Hello, hello. Welcome to Ami Tucker It Out. I am your host, Ami Tucker Ravel. And my co-host Nazar is still out, so I will continue to talk to myself until he can join. But thankfully, I am still recording here in Bentonville at Haxton Road Studios, uh, an amazing studio which everyone needs to check out. Um, And Neil, uh, the owner, can erase all my mistakes. So thank God for editing. Our next guest is actually someone I met here in Bentonville, and we became fast friends. I warned her that I would hunt her down for an interview one day, and that day has arrived. Chef Manit Chohan is an Indian-American chef, an author, a TV personality, and a celebrity chef. She She has been featured as a judge on Chopped on the Food Network and has appeared on The Next Iron Chef, on The View on ABC, on Iron Chef America, The Today Show on NBC, and as a judge on the finale of Worst Cooks in America on Food Network. So she's been on a few shows. Um, Not only has she been invited to the White House, but she's also considered one of the most influential Indian American leaders in business. Her accolades go on and on. So instead of me blabbing about it, I'll let her tell you her story. Please enjoy my interview with my dear friend, Chef Manit Chohan. Hi, Manith. How are you? Great. How are you doing? I mean, as good as we can be these days, right? We're, we're, you know what? You've got to you've got to always have a positive outlook to everything. I mean, Otherwise, what kind of world are we going to be living in? I know. And especially during this trying time, which is an understatement. And that's why I was like, you know what? I want to do something positive right now and, and talk to people that are inspiring. And I thought of you. And I told you oh. last year when we met in Arkansas, who would have thought we would have met in Arkansas, that I was going to hunt you down and, and get you to do a podcast interview. So I'm, I, a year uh, later, I, it's and happened. I have been waiting. I have been waiting with bated breath ever since. It only took you a year. I'm Come sure. On. I'm sh- I, I think you've been a little busy yourself, my friend, with a few things going on, which we are going to get into. Um, you grew up in Punjab. And I should know this because I am Desi, but is it pronounced Ludhiana? Ludhiana? Uh, I actually was born in Ludhiana, but I grew up in eastern India okay. in a really small town called Ranchi. Branchy. Which is in Jharkhand. It's it's the capital of Jharkhand right now. It's close to Calcutta. Okay. Or Kolkata. Kolkata, which I, living there for yeah. three years, I never got to go there. I'm sad. Sad I missed that, <laughs> but yes. Okay, so you grew up there. And then I read in an interview that you have always been a foodie. Like you would go over to your neighbor's house and get a second dinner and tell them that your parents never fed you <laughs> to that extent. Pretty much, yes. Okay. I mean, food has always been my my first love. Like my mom said, says that I was born with a ladle in my hand. Like I was like, you know, either eating or cooking. And that's pretty much sums up my life. Yeah, I mean, and also I think with Indian families, like like a lot of cultures, family revolves around the kitchen, right? That's where you gather. That's where you talk. That's why where things are things happen. So I feel like food and the Indian culture go hand in hand. Mom would be, you know, cooking. She'd yeah. come back from work and then, you know, she would be cooking and dad on weekends would be like, okay, we are going to make ice cream or we are going to make like Ras Malai or like, you know, he was more the the, the dessert guy. Uh, but to me, I think the most interesting part was, you know, how varied Indian cuisine is. 
you know each and every state has a very distinct cuisine of its own each and every household has a very distinct cuisine of its own yeah. so what i ate in my punjabi household was completely different from what my neighbors from andhra were making or what my bengali neighbors were making or maharashtra neighbors were making so that's what like completely would blow my mind and the fact that i could connect with people on food was i think the most amazing part like that connectivity so that has been something which has been very precious and um till date it's like you can connect with people over food yeah. like we are connecting over food right 100%. so connectivity is so precious and what's kind of like do you have a first memory of when you started cooking like at what age i do i actually remember it was um um i think i was in my 7th grade 6th or 7th grade and i'd always been around the kitchen helping mom and aunts and stuff and um you know we lived in a small colony so uh we had a community hall where there was somebody who was coming and performing uh, there there was a music performance right and my parents were going and my sister wanted to go and i was like i nah, i don't want to go like you know and the community hall was right next to home so they're like okay stay at home and study that never happened when they came back home i had made like matar paneer and <laughs> shahi tukda and palao and they were like so Uh, stand just like, on your own you know, like you just knew the recipes yeah just on my own that's amazing and i just uh, yeah uh, like I- i'm sure that if they knew that was my plan they would have kind of told me don't go into the kitchen but it was it was the first time that i did something uh, all by myself and that's and that was the starting like in fact even when i left for uh, my undergrad my college my dad when he's dropping me you know to the train station yeah he was like uh, he was like uh, so now who's going to cook food for me and my mom is like i'll tell you who's going to cook for you <laughs> well, so yeah so okay so can you can you tell us did your dad prefer prefer your food over your mom's uh, of, course. <laughs> of course no questions about it <laughs> i guess he had no I choice i'll probably I'll probably I'll probably get chitter after this but it's all right. It's, it's okay. Completely fine. That's going to happen to us right. for the no matter how old we get, we're, <laughs> that's going to happen to us for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. And so you chose this you went to Manipal's University Welcome Group, right? Graduate School of Hotel Administration. It's, uh, yeah. Okay. It's uh, called Bagsha Welcome Group Graduate School of Hotel Administration. 3 years over there and then came here to go to the CIA. So then how did your parents feel Culinary about Culinary Institute of America? Yes, yes, yeah. which is I know Before I, anybody thinks I'm more interesting than a chef. <laughs> we can make that up too, it's fine. Um so <laughs> when you chose this route like in terms of education where your parents were like, "Huh? <laughs> like this is not a normal kind of they see persons, you know, people engineering and they go to they they get their doctorate degree or this and that. Were your parents supportive or were they confused? Uh no, my my parents, I mean, I think since the day they were born they were confused that what is this? <laughs> uh because I I actually I had their they had their hands full with me. Yeah. But This is why um, we get along by the way. This is exactly what my parents <laughs> thought of me. Yes. They're like podcast, what is this? I'm like it's fine. What that? Don't worry. It's okay. But Uh, they were they were very supportive i think the people who were more uh, surprised or more discouraging were the neighbors who would come and like she's not that dumb like if she studies hard enough she can be an engineer <laughs> and then like, back off let her do whatever you know do whatever you uh, whatever she wants and the only thing they said was like you know follow your dreams do whatever you want just make sure that you're the best at it and that's a mantra that i've hold, held very close to my heart well it's worked for you so i guess when you were going to undergrad in india was your goal always to get to the us or it was just because the cia which i'll, I'll, I'll i know it's not the cia but is it because that was the best institute at the time 
or still is maybe? Uh, you know what? Uh, the fact was that during my time at uh, in Baksha, I, um, because I had to do externships in a lot of kitchens in India, uh, that was the time that I really started thinking that if I wanted to make this a career and a successful one, uh, I needed to look at something outside India. Because at that time, it still wasn't, uh, you know, right now it's cool because of MasterChef and, you know, all of these shows that people are seeing. But at that time, it really wasn't very cool to be a Bhavarchi. I mean, like... I would be the only girl in a kitchen of 70 to 80 men. And the question would be, you know, you're 18 years old. Shouldn't you be married by now? Exactly. And the first time I would hear, the second time I would hear, the third time I would be like, do you know a good boy? And they would be like, oh my God, this Johan girl is too smart for her own. Right. So there was a no win situation. Yeah. But also to in, in my last year in, um, when I was doing my undergrad, I asked my chef instructor, Professor Tarakan, which is the like the best institute, culinary institute in the world to go to. And without even batting an eyelid, he said CIA. And that was it. I mean, you know, the mantra, you know, just be the best at what you're doing yeah. required me to go to the best schools. So, uh, so that's what I did. That's amazing. And that's amazing that your parents were supportive. And of course, I was I was just about to ask, wasn't there a question of when is she getting married? And what is she doing? And that always, by the way, comes from neighbors. It's always from like the friends oh, yeah. or like the the chachis or the kakis or whatever. Of course. Or even the best part about working in the kitchen, they were like, oh, so you're going to learn how to make good food for your husband. Of I'm course. Like, like this is my career. If it's your career, why should it be so novel that I want this to be my career? So it was it was interesting. Or the entire fact that a woman's place is in the kitchen, but in the home kitchen and not a professional kitchen. Yeah. Which used to like, I, I mean, I can't even tell you I was young, 18, 19 at that time. And, you know, you are when you're young, you're so fiery and you're so stupid. And, you know, now you it's, a, it's like, the best combination, you know, by the way, fiery and stupid. I, I, I agree. Yes. But now, right, right now you're like, you know what, I'm not even going to get into this argument with you because you won't get it. Yeah. But at that time, no, you have no idea. Of course. Uh, in a woman's, I mean, which like, I still believe, but I'm also exactly, like, I don't have time to comb my hair. I can't even think I about this I right know, now. I don't. <laughs> so so that, that's what it is. So then tell me, how was New York for you? Like, how did you find it when you got there? So uh, my sister was here in Chicago already. So the okay. first place that I landed was in Chicago. She had just graduated, uh, you know, from uh, Indiana, uh, Indiana University, Bloomington. And uh, she'd just gotten a job. Uh, she was so excited that her younger sister was coming over. I yeah. remember the weekend before I landed, she actually practiced driving to downtown uh, Chicago to, so that she could take me over there. Uh, and I landed in December. Right. So she came to pick me up. And my first uh, experience of American dining was that she, I think she took me to a Chili's or something of that sort. And, you know, this is the first time that both of us like, you know, without the parents and like, you know, yeah. truly free. And, you know, I'm like, uh, she's like, what do you want to drink? I'm like, margarita. And literally there is a bucket of margarita which comes in front of me. I'm like, what is this? So that was my first exposure of uh, potions, American potions, right? Like, you know, everything in India is small. And, and over here, you're like, I'm like, I am going to be. You're like, I I'm going to so get the freshman here. 15 right yeah. now. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so it was, it was really um, interesting. And it was winter. And like, uh, I remember the next day she drove me to downtown and we go to Shed Aquarium and like the best views of downtown Chicago. Open the uh, door, I step out and I'm like, what the 
beep is this? Like you can, you can curse like, on here, by the way. Let's go. It's home. totally rated I R. Know. Yes. Uh, oh, that's fantastic. Yes. So I'm like, let's just let's just go. I'm like, this is too cold for me. So it was really interesting. And um, CIA is in upstate New York, so it's not proper New York. Um, it's it's upstate. It's beautiful. It's this old Jesuit seminary, which uh, you know was bought over by the CIA in 1946. And I know all of these facts because I was the tour guide over there. And um, it, you know the Hudson River is over there, and it's beautiful. beautiful. So to me, um, it also was a shock because I was the only Indian on campus for a really long time, and people had a very misconstrued version of what Indian food is. And by that time, all I wanted to do was be a pastry chef. I wanted to be the best pastry chef because in India, you really didn't have a lot of those. And then over here, I'm meeting my friends and they're like, oh, Indian food. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. Went to an uh, 8.95 all-you-can-eat Indian buffet and everybody's eating it and they're looking at me and smiling. They're like, yeah, nice. I'm like, no, this is not nice. This is crap. Like, this is not what Indian food is. Like, you know, you guys are talking about farmer's market. Those were the only farm. Those, those were the only markets that we could go and buy vegetables from. Yeah. Right? Like, seasonal cooking, uh, uh, you know, carrots or gajar, like red, you would yeah. only get one week in, in December. That's the only time mom would make her gajar kalva. And we would crave for it for the rest of the year. Yeah. Right? So, so now, why are we making such a big thing out of it when they, these were like just basics of growing up, right? Yeah. Like they're like relationships with your farmers. Like every Sunday, my dad and I, we would go buy the aloo and payas from that one um, uh, potatoes and onions from our one uh, farmer who we knew, who we'd been buying stuff for like, you know, 10, 10 years or so. And the same jokes. Like he would tell my dad, like, should I buy uh, like five k? Like, do you want five kgs? And he's like, why am I going to feed her barat, which is you know her bridal party? <laughs> it's always and, marriage and jokes. Like, are you going to be that cheap? Yeah, I said, are you going to be that cheap that it's only going to be five kgs? Um, of course, that prophecy turned true. But um, you know, but, but that's what it was all about. It's you know, so uh, that was my that that was the point that i made the switch that i wanted people to know the true beauty of indian food and that's when i started i'm like okay this is what i'm going to do i'm going to become a crusader to tell people about the beauty of indian food cuz was your plan i mean obviously you stayed here but was your plan to stay here or did you really initially plan to go back home um I think the plan was to stay here. Okay. In all honesty, it was. I, I, I mean, and the more the the longer I stayed here, I just realized that the opportunities would be more over here, and I also realized that I could carve a niche for myself over here. So yeah, it was the idea was to stay. Here. Was to stay. Okay. And so then after that, yeah. you ended up back in Chicago with Vermillion, correct? No. So after that, after that, I. Or- um, I, you know, graduated top of my class, got all the yes. awards, uh, started applying for you jobs. Were, you did a good job. Uh, good Indian girl. Yes. Oh, good Indian girl. <laughs> I know. And I never did that through through college. Yes. Right. Suddenly I come to, I do, you know, uh, hotel management and I'm like, you know, that kid with yes. the hands up in the first, the first row, that irritating uh, Indian kid. Good for um, you. But the, uh, you know what you've got to do once you realize what you want to do, then you want to you want to excel in it. Uh, and math was never my forte or physics was never mine. So, you know, yep. barely accounts. But um, long story short, um, I applied for jobs everywhere and nobody would touch me with a barge pole because, again, this was an industry where 
they didn't require to sponsor paperwork for people right so it was really um i was in despair i'm like what do i do like it was it was a conversation that okay now should i go back what should i be doing so around that time my uncle and aunt they were opening an indian restaurant uh in cherry hill and they were like listen we're looking for somebody jersey, to be right? running the this place new jersey new okay. jersey yeah. yeah uh we're looking for somebody to be running the place and if you're interested the job is yours and um in all honesty at that time i was very disgruntled i'm like i came from the best institute in india the best you know ca i'm not going to be at an indian restaurant but um i took it as a challenge i was like okay let's do it let's see what we can do and it was fantastic because uh, we expanded from you know a 70 seater to a 130 seater we were doing weddings for you know um up to 500 people uh, and stuff it was a amazing uh, you know uh, learning um, you know learning ground for yeah. me because i got to start seeing what people's perception of indian food was i started learning so much more like i learned indian cooking from the chefs who had been cooking over here for generations wow. right yeah. so it was amazing and then in and i was also managing the place i was doing weddings i was you know this 24 25 year old girl who is running an entire kitchen and a restaurant and doing events and like i was doing everything so it was fantastic um and after around 4 years i'm like okay now i want to i want to expand my knowledge so i literally i i used to have a mazda miata silver color yes. hopped in it just drove down to like, chicago like half of us <laughs> i know yeah. exactly like hopped in it like i'm like i'm driving over i'm coming over and we'll figure it out and over there like you know i started looking for jobs got an opportunity they were you know vermilion was looking for a chef they had interviewed a lot of people i did a trade test and you know i was what they were looking for and uh, yeah that was eight years and after that i like chicago and new york and then um uh, around the time that this was around 9 years back when my when my um, daughter was born that was the time as soon as she was born i'm like i need to do something for you know uh, entrepreneurial it has to be something me standing on my own feet so i started this um you know a, a company called indi kalanair uh and did my you know book writing we were doing a lot of consulting chopped had really taken off so people started reaching out to me that hey would you like to open something over here or something over there and there were a lot of things which were you know um in motion when when suddenly i get a phone call they're like hey would you like to open something in nashville and i'm like who the fuck goes to nashville like where is nashville that's right? definitely like, that's of definitely nashville. one of one of my questions for you so i want to rewind really quick so when yeah. by the i i'm pretty sure I I went to Vermillion quite a bit when I was in law school in Chicago and so, and, and I'm pretty sure it was the same time you were there so I feel like we have I feel like I have eaten your food just FYI so I'm letting you know we I used to love going there. So um, you can just come to Nashville anytime when it's possible. Yes. Oh here. no, that's happening too my friend. Um and then <laughs> I look forward to it. And then you got to open up a Vermillion in New York. Right? Right after that. Yes. Isn't that a, that's a big deal yes. opening up a restaurant in New York? Yes, it yeah. was really interesting. I was also nominated by Time Out as the the best imports in Import, in yep. New York. Yeah, it was it was it was really it was really interesting. New York is a completely different beast. It's a beast. And yes. uh, yeah, and and it and, and it gets 
it's it's amazing i hated it with a passion for the first 6 months i'm like what have i done uh, and then oh my god it gets under your skin and you just can't for the you become a life and then it's like a drug that is it is because it just you're like oh god and then you can't leave even, i know I know. I, yeah. I, you're lucky it's, you only hated it for six you. months, by the way. Six months is pretty good. I hated it for like a year and a half. And I was like, and then, and then all of a sudden we became best friends. And I was like, I love you, New York. And my parents were like, you hated it. I'm like, no, no, no. We're in love now. Like, this is my boyfriend <laughs> no, now. Yeah. We're, we're good now. Exactly. So, yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like those Mills and Boone's books, right? I don't even know if you remember. You like start off by hating each other and yep. then you just can't live without each other. And that's exactly what New York is. It's a dysfunctional relationship that you can't live without. Oh, yeah. Basically. So, oh, yeah. Absolutely. So then you did, you opened there, which is uh, uh, Vermilion in New York, which I'm sure you have many stories from. Um, and then... Is this around the, when did you meet your husband? How did you guys meet and what what's that story? Oh, Vivek and I we yeah. we did our undergrad in Manipal together. together. He was okay. my senior. Okay. Of course he's going to completely hate me for it, but uh he hazed me. He was a year <laughs> senior to me. He's like that's not true. I just asked your name. I'm like too bad. So his mom always says that you know he hazed you for 5 minutes and you're going to haze him for the rest of his life. I'm like, you know what? That's that's what it is, buddy. That's what it is. That's how it works. Um but yeah. I mean, we knew each other in Manipal. We knew of each other, but we never the same circles. Never hung out. And then uh, when I was in New Jersey, he had come to meet some of his uh, friends in New Jersey, and we reconnected. Uh, and then he left. He went to, you know, open restaurants in Indonesia, Singapore, China, Hong Kong. He was the businessman of the year in, you know, Indonesia. And we we literally we had a. we had a long distance relationship and this was before uh, you know before facetime mm-hmm. or zoom these were those cards that you had to You're actually like writing letters call. to each other oh yeah absolutely i mean it was crazy and you know and then finally uh, like after four years we were like you know what, what this is absolutely ridiculous and crazy and you know he um, he was in england for a little bit and then we were like you know this is it yeah uh, let's uh, so he moved over to chicago and we got married and yeah that, that's it and you, you were done writing letters as, you were like i'm done with yeah, the letters yeah exactly yes. we yeah. were like we we laugh like we we could have paid a you know we could have not even a not even a down payment on a house we could have just bought a house with the amount of money we spent on phone calls like you know it was like that, that's what it is that's really cute um okay so then in 2010 you made history as the first indian woman to complete an iron chef america right yeah and then the next yeah. iron chef how did that uh, how did that come about it came about by just i i you know what i think a pr company i think i had uh, reached out and okay. uh, figure that out and of course like when you're in cia all you want to do is be on iron chef because that's the epitome right you're going against the ogs yeah um, and uh, I, i mean i competed against chef morimoto and uh, yep. was a respectable came a respectable second among two people <laughs> in essence lost like uh, of course hey whatever like, but uh, whatever yeah uh, but from there um they invited me to be um uh on the next iron chef and then from there they invited me i think chopped had just started it was the first or the second season and they invited me to be a guest judge and the next season they called me and they're like we want you to be a permanent judge how so could they not 12 years now yeah you're fantastic it's, on it it's it's great it was crazy it yeah. feels very like natural just, for you to d- be doing this it, it it's it is i mean 
because i mean i've also competed on it so it's it is difficult it's one of the most difficult challenges yeah so yeah it's it's interesting and then in between you know this and the growing family and all the things you're doing you're like let me write a book yeah why not, why not? <laughs> That's that's your you know what in in all in all fairness for a chef uh, a book is a resume okay. like so whenever I'm going I'm doing my my talk shows and uh, you know like uh, doing all of these appearances you always follow it up with a book signing okay uh, so that was but it was a it was a book which was very close to my heart it's like you know I cook. I cook based on the experiences that I get around the world, be it traveling, but I always put my twist on it. And it's usually a desi twist. So this book, like Flavors of My World, was 25 countries around the world. My favorite dishes and drinks from those countries and those presented through, you know, my viewpoint, like my desi uh, twist. Um, and uh, right now, uh, my next book is coming in October, which I'm so excited about. Uh, Clarks and Potter um, is our publishing house. Okay. The name of the book is Charts. Okay. Uh, it's a, uh, it's available for pre-order on Amazon. Okay. That's my I will, uh, this is all. This one. will all be on the notes. I will. I will make sure to, <laughs> to re-announce this. But you know what? Um, growing up in India, we used to take trains, and those trains are unlike the trains over here, right? The windows mm-hmm. are open, the doors are open. Each and every, it, it was a three-day journey, two-night journey. Um, you know, people would be uh, in each and every small station. The street vendors would come to sell their, uh, you know, uh, their wares. And I would remember each and every train station based on what I'm going to eat over there. So, like Chennai. I have to have the curd rice and the lemon rice, right? This small station. After that, there is this onion do- uh, samosas over there. There is uh, Vishakhapatnam has to have that am papar. You know, uh, Kanpur has to have that. Uh, you know, aloo. Oh, man, I'm so uh, so aloo good. Aloo with puri, <laughs> right? Like Amritsar, you have to have the chole and bhature. Like so, to me, my like. When I say that my life has revolved around food, I'm not kidding, right? Like even there are small, small uh, same events that my sister and I we've been to. Like my Masi's shadi, I was talking to her this morning. The only thing I remember, I must have been like four, five, and my sister will remember. She's like, "Oh, you remember at that wedding we did this?" I said, "Nay, I remember the kima matra we had at the at the wedding, right?" So, so to me, so this entire book is about. you know regional foods in india as seen through a, a train like it's dedicated oh to all God. the street vendors in india who have made all of these amazing foods so last year in april my co-author jodi eddy uh, me along with our photographer linda zao uh, the three of you uh, the three of us went to india we spent 7 days over there the most incredible photographs like if you see the book like i am seeing it i, I get goosebumps it is so there's so much of movement in it it's so organic it is so raw it is so beautiful um it's all about chaat i'm getting I mean, chill chaat is like only, my favorite kind of yeah, cuisine if you want to call it from i mean just but, so good just the chaats but the, yeah. but it is beyond it's beyond the street food chaat it is the essence of chaat like chaat literally means to lick, to lick. Mm-hmm. and like i'm hoping that people are licking the book <laughs> oh they yes it. that's there amazing there are a lot of personal stories also like you know i grew up in ranchi or amritsar or you know all of these absolutely fun stories uh, they are all in there yeah well food is 
memories, right? It, it brings yeah. back stories and memories and, and the smell brings back certain, you know, people even and who you're with and what you were doing. So yeah. totally get it. And I'm very excited about it. Yeah, Jot is my absolute favorite. I mean, and I love Arkansas. It's been fantastic. We, I haven't found good Jot here yet. So you need to open up something oh, yeah. over here. So, I mean, the, the Indian food is, is good. It's just we need, we need a jot stand over here somehow. So think about that for next Never year. say never. Never say never. Never no, say that. never. So I'm more, here in Nashville, aren't I? Sorry? Yeah, that's true. I said I'm here in Nashville, aren't I? Which so, I wanted to get yeah. back. So Nashville. So, again, I read something. You had written, uh, did, done an interview where you said Nashville also feels like home in a way. Yeah. So explain that. Like, how does it feel like home? You know, um, so the idea was never to move to Nashville. The idea was to open a restaurant and then commute. Uh, best laid plans. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the South, so the things take a little longer. Mm-hmm. So the the half a year project uh, took uh, around two years. Along the way, we found out we were expecting baby number two. Uh, that's fine. October, we opened the restaurant. Uh, in November, we opened the restaurant. And then we head back uh, to uh, New York have the baby. And then between Vivek and me, we are also business partners. We would uh, commute over here, make sure that everything is fine. Best state plans, right? Yep. The day we opened the restaurant, November 18, 2014, our son decided to be born three months early. So, so you had day, twins, um, basically. We had twins. That's what Vivek and I, we <laughs> joke about all the time. Uh, you kind of have to be at the hospital for the opening of the restaurant. So, um, for, for the birth of your kid, not for the opening of the restaurant. And we were like, <laughs> not there for the opening. Like, I was not there for the opening of my first restaurant. Um, and um, we named our son Karma. He was a two and a half pounder. He was in the NICU for three months. And okay. we were living in a hotel with a three-year-old, which was very, very stressful. And we were like, okay, if he's so adamant in being a Nashvilleian, who are we to stop it? So we went back to New York, wrapped up everything. Uh, moved over here. Um, and then Vivek and I, we are the kind of people who are like, okay, uh, if this is what has been dealt with us, how do we make the best of it? So um, during that time, what really, really was amazing was how the entire community embraced us. You know, there was a lot of hype that, you know, my first restaurant is opening. People were very receptive. They were very warm about it. But then when we were going through this in entire experience the way the entire community came together to to make us feel that hey you're not alone we are with you and that was the time that both of us you know realized that um, we had come home yeah so that's why Nashville has a very very special place in our heart because uh, in in our time of need uh, Nashville stepped up and and really really made us feel that we weren't alone. And that's the Especially test, right? When you're so far from fa- yeah, that's, you, that's you're what so it is. Far from family, yeah. You know, our parents weren't here. My, my sister, she flew down from Chicago and she was with for a week, but she also has a you know a family to take care of. Um, she took her daughter back uh, with her for a month. Mom flew down from India and she was, I was like, I, I, I'm like, I don't want you over here right now because I want you like, because even for a small kid like Shagun, it, it you know, you don't know what, what is going to happen. Yeah. So we just wanted to concentrate on karma and, it's a lot and Shagun of, was having a blast of, with the A lot cousin. of stress, a lot of stress. A lot of stress. Yeah, and totally. we didn't want it to kind of reflect on her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, kids soak up everything, right? So yeah. And how old are the kids now? 
Uh, Karma is five and a half. He's going to be six in uh, November. Okay. And Shagun is going to be nine next month. Well, I'm definitely coming because my girls are six and three, and they would just hug oh each other. Oh my god! Yeah, they would just. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, we're, we're we're gonna figure this out after we're done recording. Um, I look forward to that. And I gotta ask, how is it working with your husband? Like how? how oh God! Is it fantastic? It's the stupidest thing to do, man. <laughs> I thought you were gonna make me feel. I thought you're gonna make me feel bad and say it's amazing and we get along so great and it's perfect. Because I'm like, if I worked with my husband, things would not would be no bueno. Like it just would not work out. <laughs> it is the stupidest thing to do, but we are glad it for punishment. I love you. That's um, awesome. <laughs> it is. Uh, you know, uh, it it is like we we've got we have such yeah okay I'll. I'll sum it up in this um, in this one uh, exchange, right? Uh, Chohan has just opened uh, our, you know, Shagun is in Chicago, Karma is in the NICU, uh, and it's it's stressful. I've had a major surgery, so like you know, recovery takes time and and stuff. And uh, you know, three weeks down, and it's a Saturday night, and we are slammed, and the tickets don't stop coming. And you know, Vivek is in the front, and he comes. Uh, table twenty-three needs a fucking nun. When will you give me a fucking nun? And I turn, I'm like, don't shout in my kitchen. Get the fuck out of my kitchen! Right? <laughs> this is the first time that the entire uh, staff has seen us react that way, right? And uh, and like both of us like fuming, and both of us are scorpions, right? Oh. So we've got a temper on our noses. Right? That's that's a fun combo. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we're like, take this fucking nun, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> and everybody's like, shit. Oh my god, mommy and daddy are fighting. What do we do, right? Yeah. Um, after five minutes, when they come, he's like, um, are you done? Should we just go to the Nikki? I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's go. And they are like in in a state of shock. They're like, "What just happened right now?" Makes sense. But that is it. Uh, I mean, and in all in all fairness, I do. The thing is that we work well together because we respect each other for what we do. The roles, right? Your roles. Vivek is probably yeah. Vivek is probably the only person who I know will give me an honest feedback about. Um, my food about um if there is a performance how i perform um you know on tv what i should what i shouldn't uh, it might feel bad at that time but but it's reached that stage where he is the one person who will give me a honest feedback like even with my sister she's known me uh, like since i was a baby right and she's been my biggest champion ki yes manit of course you can do it you can do it you can do it uh, and and very very seldom that will she say that manit you suck right <laughs> vivek will say that to me and that makes me a better and a stronger chef and a stronger uh, performer on television um and i listen to it right but that's a that's uh, a good partner you are supposed to be with someone who makes you better and deal absolutely. and you deal with the criticism otherwise you you won't grow ever. absolutely yeah. you don't and, and you don't I want a yes man that is what makes yeah. it yeah and that is what makes you so like he challenges me and i challenge him and because of that we've been able to build a business in 4 years uh four restaurants three breweries 
kids you know vivek has gone ahead and like opened nine outlets in in uh, in toronto while i have been able to do my you know all my tv performances and stuff i mean it's it's not easy and the only way you can do that is when you understand each other's craziness and you support it yeah. and and that's why i think it is uh, it is not what it is It's very fiery but it is a good partnership. Fiery and stupid. Hey, we can still be that at the age of 40 something. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I think we all need our fucking non moments with our with our spouses. Like that has to happen otherwise oh, yeah. if you're telling me you don't have that, then something's wrong with you. So I know. I think like, it's I think it's that's fantastic. That's what makes it real. Yeah. Well, we can it, get into That's what makes it so of course. real. Even though we work together, um we do not get time to spend together. Yeah. So what we've done is very we make it a very conscious effort that at least once or twice a year just the two of us we just take off, you know, um be it uh, like you know I, I was doing something with American Airlines and I went to Peru and I'm like Vivek let's just put two days before see Machu Picchu we never know when we'll be able to do it or That's like amazing. last year like I went to Amelia Island and both of us have never gone fishing and we're like just let's do it so so i think that is also really really important for us no that it's good that you guys take the time. time yeah no yeah. you definitely i mean especially with everything you have going on um so you guys have your hospitality group is it pronounced morph morphy morph morph morph, yes. morph. uh and under that there's four restaurants now right in nashville yes That's yeah. oh, that's amazing. I cannot wait to come. Um and then on top of that, you also I know you you're passionate about food waste prevention. Um and I'm not sure if you're working with any nonprofits with that or is that something you kind of just focus on on your own? I I think uh I mean we do work with uh, a lot of organizations. Uh the mayor had uh, started an initiative over here about reducing waste and you know as i've gotten older uh, i i have realized that to make a meaningful impact you start off with small steps right um today morning was a, a complete a real example of i got up in the morning we had opened chohan we reopened chohan yesterday so oh, wow. i was completely like wiped right it was a busy day for us like because there was that social like your your anxiety which is really stressful plus running around and you know i've been making sure that i'm doing my steps in the morning so when i got up in the morning i said ah, today i won't go for a walk i'll just like sit yeah. i'll just take a break and then i'm like no i can't do that right so i put on my you know walking clothes and shoes um and i went i said it's okay i'll just i'll just put a thousand steps that's it right when i did a thousand i'm like i can do another 2000 you know another 2000 so i did it today and that i think is like one of the biggest things about life in general right so with food waste i'm like i know that i cannot go ahead and solve the entire crisis like the food waste crisis going on but what can i do at my level which is tangible yeah right and not so overwhelming otherwise things, you can get overwhelmed with yeah, all these things because once you start doing something i'm going to do this big the chances of failure is so high okay let's do something small so we've started with our um, restaurants i'm like come up with creative ways right like you know we use so many potatoes i'm like let's not throw the potato peels let's peel it and we do you know potato peel a peel uh, chart fries right 
let's go ahead and and you know get in touch with companies where we do composting right let's so so those are the small things that we start with small and then we build to bigger things yeah. like uh, i i'm like i literally i'm i'm walking around and i'm like why is this uh, being wasted over here just make a you know we don't do stocks in indian restaurants i realized that i'm like that's fine then let's come up with a dish let's make yeah. a flavorful rasam out of it and then you know braise our fish in it like there is always once you put everybody in that mindset everybody starts thinking of those things right yep. uh, you know how do we do it like the other day one of my team members came and said hey chef you know with all of these waste and peel what i'm thinking is drying it and making a dust out of it and making our own signature blend you know that we put on it i'm like great that's great now you're thinking yeah and that's what i want you guys to do you started thinking so that's what we do yeah baby steps it's all about doing one thing at a baby time steps. and being creative and and trying what you yeah. can and then i know you yeah. also have or maybe still are working with kids in india uh through some non-profits as well uh, i do i work uh you know with uh, uh cry and i've So this is what my thing is. Yeah. Anybody asks me my answer is yes. Yeah. Of course. Right? Yeah. So uh which is which is till date. So like, you know, uh, be it um you know simple things like, you know, for children's hope uh, when this whole thing started, somebody reached out there like, "Hey, can you do a video?" I'm like, of course, of course, absolutely. Like, yeah. so if you can do it, do it. Do it. Yeah. Uh that's that's been my philosophy like you know if I've been blessed enough for people to ask me for you know for things then shame on me if I can't step up uh, to to helping and doing something. Yeah, cuz I guess if, not, if we're not giving back why are we here? What's the point, you True. know? Absolutely. Um Absolutely. So let's talk about this past few months. A uh, little pandemic has hit us. Um and I know um through what I've read you and Vivek have had to make some really tough decisions like I'm I'm sure a lot of business owners um how how has the past few months been and now that we're four I guess four or five months into it you guys just opened up the restaurant yesterday how do you see the light uh how do you see the restaurant business changing post pandemic I guess you know this entire thing was a very it was a it was a grieving process right i mean you went through each and every state of grief um we kind of jumped um we made the decision fairly early on even before we were mandated to do that right because we saw it coming we we saw um we were like even if it's going to be for a few weeks we don't know what it is but we make made the decision very early to close all the restaurants we were probably one of the first few re- restaurant groups uh in Nashville to do that and the reason why we did that was because first of all um we wanted to make sure that our team i mean we have over 250 people working for us right we wanted to make sure that at least you know they can collect unemployment yeah. uh because we realized that even if we wanted to furlough them restaurants being restaurants we wouldn't have had the bandwidth of you know paying them for for a prolonged period of time of course i mean that's what it is mm-hmm. so uh, so we did we made that decision very early on and it was um, i mean i i remember just sitting with people in our offices and talking to them and i'm like as i'm telling them i'm like crying away and vivek is looking at me he's like 
get a grip of yourself, girl. Like, but it was it's hard. It, it was emotional yeah. because you, these people are probably like your family, years. right? They're probably become yeah. your family in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. You you spent five years. You build a family. You know you you laugh with them. You cry with them. You fight with them. They are your family, and the fact that you've I think for us it was tougher because we thought that we had not done our part in protecting them, and that I think was very was very very tough. It's like you know, um, it's like your kid when 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 your kid gets hurt for the first time and you feel completely helpless that you were not there to do anything for them. That's the feeling that we had. Yeah. Um, that was the first feeling and then our uh, then you know us being asked we were like okay how are we going to proactively help them yeah. um the first step was just opening up our pantries and our freezers and our refrigerators and we were like you know you cannot be food insecure the next step was to reach out to our vendors who we knew had a lot of perishable products that they were going to throw away and it came down to the food waste that might as well end up in people's bellies as opposed to in you know in a in a dumpster yeah. because that's what happens with a lot of food and um th- there was a day that uh you know um we had over 550 pallets of food which were delivered we set it up in our um parking lot and we just on social media had people come over i got in touch with um, you know, Nashville Food Project, I told them that, hey, listen, I can drop off a couple of hundred pallets to you. Uh, got in, uh, you know, uh, got in touch with one of the teachers who put me in touch with One Genoway, which is, uh, which provides food for, um, you know, uh, food insecure children for, in schools. And that was the other thing I was really afraid about because a lot of kids depend on, you know, food, lunch school yeah. lunches to yep. get their food so so those were things that we did and then after that um, we started coming up with um, it took a couple of weeks two or three weeks off where we were literally we were making tikka sauces and, and selling that online and stuff and then we slowly opened our curbside uh, one restaurant two restaurants three restaurants four restaurants and now we are in dining so you know, the hope was always there. It never, it never left us. Yeah. We knew that we were going to come out of this, uh, and we were just working towards it. Like you know, we didn't leave it to fate. We were working very hard to make sure that each and every step that we took was calculated, was smart, was um, was thought through. Made sense. So that when yeah. we came back, we came back stronger. And how was the opening yesterday? You said it was pretty, pretty stressful. Oh my God! Yeah. It was stressful yeah, and it was sure. really busy. Imagine. Yeah, we are we we are in phase two, so that means fifty percent occupancy. Uh, Chohan does around. Uh, you know, we we have a seating of around uh, hundred and twenty. Okay. Uh, the bar there's no bar seating. Uh, we did uh, close to around eighty covers, which on a given Friday is dismal. Right, we do around 350 covers, but given the fact that it was the first night and we did a new menu, we had a new team. Uh, it was um, it was really good. Our our takeouts, our curbsides were crazy. Oh, I'm sure. Like, yesterday, I think I must have put 10,000 steps just running from one oh, corner to yeah. the other, making sure that everybody had food. So yeah, yeah it was good. 
That's amazing. And, and then all the other three restaurants opened as well, or is that slow steps? So, steps? so uh, Mockingbird opened last week, which okay. is again doing very well. We actually even did a a wedding reception yesterday, and the, the oh, bride wow. came up. The bride came up, and she's like, "Thank you so much. We had such a tough time finding a place, and you know, uh, and this has been so stressful." I'm like, "Listen, it's all going to be a story when you tell your kids. It's it, it's all going to be a." wonderful story it's all about so story value that way yes 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 um and then uh so that's doing well chatable also opened day before yesterday thursday we were supposed to open both chohan and chatable but because of the protests and stuff we decided to just open chatable which is a little bit far away from downtown where the protests were taking place okay. um and then um tansu uh, tansu is so interesting it's a chinese restaurant yeah. it's one of our like whoever we talk to, we're like, oh my God, we love Tanso. But it's been really interesting. The We've seen that Chinese food, you know, the stigma of the Chinese virus and the Chinese food has kind of permeated in some way or the other. Yep. So that has still been, um, it's, it's been interesting. So at the present moment, we're not opening that. It's also as a space, it's a very closed space. Yeah, Like it feels like you are in a, uh, you know, in a very enclosed Got space, it. enclosed dark space. So, it's, it's both so that's reasons. why it's, yeah. So we are like just kind of just sticking to curbside right now. It makes me sad though, seeing all these Asian restaurants getting hit harder for, you know, a, yeah. a, a connection that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> and so I know it is what it is. It's all about perception. It's all yeah. about perception exactly. for sure. Um, yeah. And then you were doing, I know you had done a, a storyteller's project. Uh, for feeding America, yes. how was that? Yeah, that was amazing. I mean, yeah. it was like uh, it just spoke about um, food and connection to food and how people get connected over food. So it was amazing. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's been like you know, I would have thought that with quarantine, the asks would be lesser. Yeah, but I think they are just double. You know, oh, I'm sure you are doing IG and then you're doing all of this. But it's, I think it's so valuable because. Um, like to me, the story was all about how people connect over food. And even in these times of COVID, uh, the connection has been through food. Like people have taken to bread baking like a vengeance. Oh right? my God. If I see another bread, uh, right? I, uh, I will tell you. Or for storytelling. The, yeah. For the first, I mean, you're going to laugh at me because you're obviously a chef. But for the first time I'm cooking like meal, like I can cook. Not mean, not like cook, cook, but I... Instapot. Thank God for the Instapot and the air fryer. I mean, I'm just I'm experimenting more and more because we're at home and I'm realizing how amazing it is to make a dish. Even, you know, even though I'm still learning and I'm very much a beginner from start to finish making that dish and like seeing my family enjoy it. I never really embraced that. And I've embraced it a lot. I mean, most of us have. And whenever my husband's like, oh, let's take takeout, let's get takeout or but if I'm like, no, like we have all this great food at home in time, you know, and it's right. kind of been like a cool little discovery for me and a lot of friends. That sounds a bit. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like one of the reasons why I love being a chef is because of um, the instant gratification. Yeah. Right. Like you don't have to wait for you make you cook the food, you give it to the kids they like it or they don't like it, right? Yeah. So the instant gratification is is amazing. It's and kids will tell you for sure. 
So, oh yeah, my husband is not allowed to, but I mean, me actually cooking properly every day has definitely helped our marriage. I'm like, this is much better now. This is good, (laughs) and he's learned how to like boil water and crack eggs, and we're getting there. Um, And so, (laughs) no, it's been fantastic, kind of discovering, really embracing cooking at home a lot more, you know, and. And yeah. now I feel like I sound like my mom. Like I'll see something, we'll, we'll take, get, you know, pick up or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I can make this at home. And he's like, no, you can't. Calm down. <laughs> these are these are still chefs, okay? <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, and so the other, I guess, uh, what we've all been going through this past few weeks with the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you were talking about protest um, in Nashville. Um, you know, you're a leader in the restaurant industry, and so. How how do you guys want to support this movement, you know, going forward uh, or take actions to keep the conversations going? I think uh, I think we have been supporting this movement from grassroots level since the time. I mean, I think since the time I've come over here. Right. Yep. The fact that uh, I mean, the fact that we are I mean, you you talk about, you know, being um, I'm brown. I'm female and I'm an immigrant. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I also have been at the receiving end of what you know what racism is, mm-hmm. what sexism is, mm-hmm. right? We we, we, and, we have all uh, of we have all of it. It's fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, to me, what is really important is to engage in the conversation, especially with the next generation. Um, we've always, I mean, in terms of the people who we've been. Um, we've, you know, who we've, we've got such a diverse team, right? It is, uh, I always say that our, our restaurants always look like a United Colors of Benetton ad, right? Because that is what it is. And uh, you you have to kind of always encourage people. Like we have these young kids. There, there was this like young boy who um, was, you know, he grew up in the inner city and, you know, he just one day came up and he's like, I want a job. I'm like, you're willing to work, get into the kitchen. And through this entire process, he wrote a, a, a book, right? Uh, just inspiring his his siblings, younger siblings to have a bath, right? So that was the book about. And like he grew it and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy it, like get these many copies. So that is what it is. But then the conversation also is, um, my daughter Shagun, she came from school one day and and we are still, we are in, in Franklin, which the diversity is really not that high. And she's like, she came home very upset. I'm like, what happened? She's like, you know, a kid called me black. And I'm like, and I'm like, it's a beautiful color. So wh- why are you upset about it? I don't understand why you're upset about it, right? So as a parent, it is important for me to make her realize that that, that it's the same. It's not, right? a, it's it not a negative like, word. It's not a negative yeah, connotation. I'm like, yeah. why do you even look at it as a negative? I said, it's beautiful. I'm like, you have black hair. Your friends have blonde hair. You have black eyes. Your friends have blue eyes. It is, it's just what makes you beautiful and unique, right? So I think, um, and, and it is something that I have been getting a lot of, um, you know, there are a lot of people who are reaching out to me on social media and, and I am upset about it, but I'm also realizing how many people are anxious about it, right? There are so many people who are out there who are anxious about it, who are in a situation where they don't know how to deal with it. And a lot of people are, 
you know, they, they're grappling with the fact that what do I do? Uh, do I need to go ahead and put a photograph of myself along with my black friend to show that I support this? You know, that is yeah. not what it is. They don't, they're so, scared to do so, something wrong or and then they're scared yes. not to do anything. Absolutely. And no questions about it, right? There is no questions about the fact that, you know, like, and I have been getting a lot of pushback on social media also, right? They're like, you are a person in the community. You need to take a stronger stand. You need to be shouting. You need to be screaming. And I'm like, basically what you're telling me is that you need me to use your words in my voice, right? Uh, just because I am not going ahead and, and screaming on the streets doesn't mean I'm not supporting. I am the first person who goes and supports all the Black-owned businesses, right? Since the day I've come over here, some of my best friends are, uh, you know, Black-owned businesses. I go to any town. That's how I support, yeah. right? I, I have people who come over here. I mentor them. I make sure that they go out, they go out stronger, um, in this, I arm them with with business knowledge, with acronym, yeah. with with things which uh, which don't require me. I know that there are other people who are effective, you know, as as being voices. I want them to do their best. It's yeah. the same as me, right? If somebody comes and tells me that, um, it's a funny analogy. But people are like, you know, whenever I'm on TV and, you know, if it's a new person who's doing my hair and makeup and they're like, so what do you want me to do? And I'm like, hey, you're not going to come and tell me how to make my chicken tikka masala. I won't tell you how to do your job. Yeah. Right. Totally. I'm giving you the freedom of doing your job. Yeah. You let me do the freedom of doing my job. So it's and it's made. And again, you talk about anxious. I have been like in such a like, maybe I need to do this. Maybe I need to be shouting. And I'm like. But then I'm not being true to myself, yeah. right? And the fact that of people course. are telling you how to react to this is just, I mean, completely wrong. It, Everyone has their own it, way of... And for the first time, I actually did go ahead and engage with somebody on a, on a, on a, on a private chat. I'm like, I'm like, you have no idea what I am doing. How are you making an assumption? Like, even whatever I put on social media, you think that's my, you know... It's, it's, you see, half an hour of my 24 hours, yep, right? Yep. And you make an assumption on that. So this is it. Like social media is such a, uh, such a boon and such a bane mm -hmm. that like for the last couple of days, I've just been quiet about it because I'm like, it's just, I can't take the weight of it because I need to, I need to explain to my, you know, kids, I need to explain to my community, again, it's the small steps, Yeah. right? If I, if I send a stronger, positive kid out in the world who does not defer, right? Who can, who can go and stand in any room and make her presence felt and not feel any different yep. from, uh, you know, her white friends, then I have done something to make it a a stronger society. Exactly. So the smaller steps we've got to do. And and I completely support these supports. I mean, these protests. I've been in so yeah. many of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why our, our unified voice is very, very important. But in this entire thing, what I'm really sad about is when people are tearing down people who are trying to make an effort to understand it. Yeah. Um, if you're trying to make somebody, an effort and, and doing a, it in a quieter way, which is okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was there was there was a company over here who said something which was which people misconstrued and then 
they stepped up and they said we are so sorry we are trying our level best to understand and i like that post and somebody reached out to me manith could you please explain why you like the post did you know what they did and i again i'm not i'm not going to engage with you on a social on a public platform because that's what you're trying to do but i did reach out to them personally and i'm like i'm appreciating the fact that they had the balls to step up and say that i'm sorry and i apologize it takes a lot they could have just dug their heels in and said this is my stand yeah. and that's where the problems start yeah. the fact is give people the the graciousness to say if they are saying i'm sorry be gracious enough to say that i think you're big enough to understand that you were wrong yeah yeah right? social media has just that become a, a beast right huge yeah no yes. it, it's in it, it I'm 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 proud and happy for you that you take breaks because you need it for your own mental health. You yeah, know, because you, you are do. you are a public figure and you are going to get crap thrown at you that is so unnecessary. Um so yeah. I can't imagine having to deal with like comments and so take a break and like you said I think, you know, I we you have two kids, I have two like if I can make them stronger and make them understand black hair is beautiful, black is beautiful, you know, just that though even that lesson alone we're we're going we're helping this movement out yeah um yeah okay so on a lighter note <laughs> what's next for you so your the book is coming out you said this spring no no sorry I spring think, fall uh in october in october 6 yes yeah i think what is important for me right now is just to make sure that um again to me it's all about small steps yeah. it's to um make sure that um the restaurants are nourished they are self efficient that way we start building our community around us because we are giving people jobs yep. uh, you know uh, vendors and stuff uh, and hopefully that's going to grow into be making it a um, uh, you know a stronger community a stronger city a stronger state a stronger country a stronger world yeah um i'm just i I have never in my life said that I am a big change maker or anything of that sort. All I know is that it's um it's the small steps, small steps that I will take to make it a stronger world. To help rebuild a community one step yes. at a time. Yes, definitely. Yes. Well, I have no doubt, my friend, that you will do that. Um Thank I just you. wanted to end this with a little uh section I call the fast round questions. Just a few fun questions for okay. you. Okay. All right. So, what is the most challenging dish for you to make? Sorry, the most challenging dish for you to make. Uh my husband's chicken curry or my mom's aloo methi. Interesting. No matter how much I make it, it never comes. It doesn't have that same touch. Interesting. Who do you look up to? Who's your mentor? At the present moment, my my son uh, is somebody who I look up to because um, uh, we had never planned for him. He showed up. Uh, he decided to show up three months early. He fought um, for for his existence, for his right, um, and uh, and I look up to him every day. So if I'm having a tough day, I look up to him, and I'm like. If this small kid could do it, I can conquer anything in this world. No need to complain, right? No need to complain. Awesome. Who would you love to cook for? Uh the one person who I would have loved to cook for would have been Anthony Bourdain. Oh, that's a good one. 
And if you weren't a chef, what do you think you'd be doing? Uh, I would be a jewelry designer. Oh, nice. Is that something? I you... love my bling. I just love my bling. <laughs> do you actually do that on the side for fun or is this just like a... I, I do. I do have a company called Manith Curated, which because people constantly ask me where I get my earrings and my, you know, all that stuff from. So I do have a company on the uh, on the side, which is called Manith Curated. And I just travel the world and I pick up earrings and bangles and anything that takes my fancy and we sell it over there. I love it. So I'm going to drive to Nashville, eat at all your restaurants, pick up some bling and then hang out yes. with, with you and the kids. That's the plan. Perfect. Awesome. It sounds like a perfect, perfect time. Uh, thank you, Manit. This was amazing. So much fun chatting with Manit. I feel like we can talk forever and we probably will when I make that road trip to Nashville. Please follow her at Manit Chohan. And as always, you can follow me at Ami Tuckered Out. Thank you guys for listening, and please remember to be kind to one another. This is Ami Tuckered Out. Out.